Welcome to the God-Centered Concept. I am your host, T.S. Wright. Episode 16, The Why of God. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why do I do what I do? Why does somebody else do what they do? What is the purpose? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Whether it's about you, whether it's about what somebody else is doing. Well, we need to take a look at why God wants things done the way he wants them done. Because this entire understanding of purpose, the why behind it, and when I say why, I mean W-H-Y, it is really the driving force that leads us. It should be the driving force that leads us. And that driving force also is what connects us. See, for us to understand God's will, we have to understand the why behind it. I want you to, just for a minute, visualize something. I want you to visualize yourself creating kind of your own life. Think about the life you want. And then think about you taking all the steps to do that. And then creating this picture of the life that you're wanting for yourself. At any point, do you ever stop and ask yourself why you want that? Why are you creating this life? Why does your feelings lean this direction to want to create this? Why am I motivated? Do you ever stop and just ask yourself those questions, the why behind everything? You know, it's almost like you've got to be a little kid again. You've got to ask yourself why. You know, Jesus said that he wanted that the children of God, or excuse me, that the kingdom of God was for those that were like little children that just came to him. Well, imagine how little children are. They're always asking why, why, why? Sometimes we need to stop and ask this same question because we need to really dissect and dig down to the motivations and the purpose of why we do what we're doing. So in the last episode, we dove into this concept of fear of the Lord. Well, if you turn to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And if you read the six verses before that, it talks a lot about wisdom and imparting wisdom and having wisdom and discipline and all these other variables and pieces that it helps lead to. And it's funny that right afterwards, it talks about the enticement of sin. And it goes into this whole spiel about the enticement of sin. And it's really, it says here in verse eight, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. So it's funny, it kind of il illustrates that that parental wisdom and advice that's coming upon this person. We have a heavenly father that will give us all the advice that we need. He will give us all the wisdom and knowledge that we need to acquire to walk correctly in this life. However, we need to understand something. We need to understand how to connect with him at the deepest level so that we can have the discernment power that he has. See, we have to surrender certain things to get other things. And I think sometimes as Christians, we don't think that's the case. We think we just say we believe in Christ and bam, it's just all there. We get it all at once. And whatever we get there, that's what we're getting. Well, that's not true. There's a lot of hard work in being a Christian. And I, I don't think we talk about that enough. I think we're, we're so busy and so focused on grace, which is there for us, obviously. When we receive Christ, we receive his forgiveness. Then we naturally get the grace that comes with that forgiveness. But it's not just all about grace. Everything in life is not just about grace. In matter of fact, to fully embrace grace, there's a lot of work in this. Because we need to spend time with the Lord. 
I'm not talking about everything's going to be done with hard sweat with your hands, but a lot of times there is, and what I mean but sometimes by work is also going to be sacrificing some of your time to spend with God. You're going to spend some of that time with the Lord. And I think this is important. I think that you have to realize the importance of what's going on here. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn over to Psalm 112. And I'm simply just going to read this. I believe this is one of the, I read this all the time and I've been led to read it a lot. I've spent the better part of about three straight months reading it almost every day. And I was led to do that. But the longer and longer that I embrace this, the more that it just set in my heart. And so the two, we're going to, we're going to focus on Psalm 112 and then we're going to jump right over to Psalm 115. And it was really reading these two almost together that really helps set a pattern in my thinking. So this is going to sound very familiar to you. Psalm 112. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright, for the gracious, compassionate, and righteous. It is well with the man who is generous and lends freely, whose affairs are guided by justice. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous man will be remembered forever. He does not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is assured. He does not fear until he looks in triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts of the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked man will see and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The desires of the wicked will perish. So again, we go back up here. It's funny how it says, hallelujah, meaning praise the Lord, is the very first thing. And then it says right after, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. You are blessed for fearing the Lord. So we talked about that in our in our last uh, episode. However, right after that, I kept being led to read Psalm 115 and to do it right after. And I would always read Psalm 112 and then Psalm 115. And, and I want to read this one to you as well. Because what God is doing is he's setting our hearts in the right direction. And then as we fear him, he gives us wisdom, which you figured that out in Proverbs chapter one, that that all comes with that fear of the Lord. Wisdom will lead to fear of the Lord and it'll gain more wisdom and discipline and, dis and discernment. As that happens, you will understand, you will learn to understand that why. And here it is, Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your loving devotion, because of your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven and he does as he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths, but do not; they cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. They have noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. They have feet, but cannot walk. They cannot even clear their throats. Those who make them become like them, as do all who trust in them. Ouch. We're going to stop right there. We're going to focus on verses 1 through 8 here. Psalm 115. So our purpose and our why is always the same. It is to glorify God. Period. You see... Sometimes when we do things in life, they don't work. Even if they work out earthly wise, something just feels missing. When we are the ones that we do all the planning, we do all the work, and 
we kind of worship it in a way that glorifies us. See, it needs to be done. That's why I keep saying, I go back to this thing. There's, a, there's this spiritual war going on and you have to visualize this thing. And in this war, there are all there are these two warring sides between God and, and the devil and his angels. They're battling each other. But the reason this war is going on is because Satan does not want to glorify God. See, Satan knows God. He knows who Jesus is. He knows the word. He knows all these pieces. But how I always know whether it's God or whether it's the devil is that it comes down to this simple fact. It comes down to that motivation, that why. And that why is all about glorifying God. You can do everything exactly correct. Follow every law. Follow every piece. Do everything technically the way it should be done. Even get the win, so to speak, or or accomplish it the way you want to accomplish it and do it all. However, if you don't do it for the glory of God, it accounts for nothing. Because what happens is, is you're glorifying something else. See, everything we do glorifies something. Well, if it's not glorifying God, then it's silver, it's gold, it's man, it's something else other than God. And see, we run into problems when we don't glorify God. See, God wants the glory. Sometimes when you do things, you'll do them perfectly and it just won't work out for some reason. I always say the first thing you need to do is dial back. Did Was this something God called to be done? And number two, is this being done to glorify God? Who is being glorified in this? Who is being glorified? Always, always, always ask that question. And I don't want to be like just this guy standing up on this soapbox just yelling and screaming here. But I'm shouting it out from the mountaintop to God be the glory and nothing else. It is about glorifying him. Honestly, I can't impart the wisdom that I have to you. And I cannot claim that it's my own. Without the spirit of God speaking into me, I would be nothing more than a babbling buffoon. I would not I would be nothing. I would I would absolutely not be doing anything good here. I cannot come up with all this stuff. God's the one that put it on my heart. Matter of fact, I was actually going to use this episode for something completely different and the Lord impressed upon my heart. No, they need to understand this that that next step in the process is all about your why and your why is to glorify God. Period. End of discussion. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. I want you to just, just for a minute, just step back and just, if you're driving, just drive. If you're just sitting there listening, if you're kind of in that prayer meditation type of state, whatever it is, just for a few minutes, ask yourself, is my life and the way that I'm doing things glorifying God? How about your marriage? How about the way you entered into the marriage? Did you do it in a way that glorified God? Because if not, that may be why the marriage isn't working. It could be that you're not, your marriage is all about you and, and, the other person and it's not about God. It has to be about him and it has to be to and done in a way to glorify him. That's why we got to do it. His word, his will, his way, his timing. Notice he is the one in control of all the steps. We have to put him on the throne. He has to be in control and he gets the glory. I read a book one time by Mark Batterson and I actually listened to it on Audible and it's about jumping in the snowy pit or ju jumping in the pit with a lion on a snowy day. And he kept, and he kind of kept reiter reiterating a point. God wants to show off and get the glory. He wants to show up and show off. But if you block that and make it about you or about what you're getting and make it about your comfort, your needs, your ways, then ask yourself this question. 
Is that glorifying God? Maybe God wants you to set aside your needs for the time being, and you trust him to fill those, and at the same time, you're going to do the things, and you're going to help fulfill the things for God's needs. Maybe God has some needs that he wants fulfilled. You know, we can make him jealous if we're not careful, and we can quench the fire of the Spirit, and we can absolutely make the Spirit just not feel good. You can you can do that. Some people call it grieving the Spirit. All right, Those things you can do as a Christian, and you can open the door and absolutely invite something that is ungodly to attach you when we don't do it for the glory of God. Think about that. Just just process that for a minute. Matter of fact, if you, and it's funny here, we've been talking about fear of the Lord. If you read Psalm 115 and you keep going, verse 9, O Israel, trust in the Lord. Again, there's that trust thing. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. And then here we go, verse 11. Boom, here we go again. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. See, when we fear the Lord, we can call out to him because if we fear him, that's going to lead to us setting our ways to him so we will glorify him. See, the next episode is going to be about this concept of worship. And I'm going to talk about what worship really is. It's not what you think. Some of the things you think can be a, a little part of worship, but I'm going to give you what worship really is. And we're going, to, we're going to dive deep into that. But right now, Psalm 115, Psalm 112, that fear of the Lord connecting that to glorifying God. All to his glory. Jesus glorified God. He said, I and the Father one. I submit to the Father. Jesus kept saying these things over and over. And he would say that to his disciples. He even cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane to God. But then said, not my will, but thy will be done. He was doing this for the glory of God. Not for himself. It saved us, but this was God's will. So he wanted to glorify his Father in heaven. And he did that. See, without him dying, he couldn't resurrect, could he? And he couldn't resurrect without dying exactly the way that it had been predicted, that it had been forecasted, that it had been prophesied about. See, think about that. See, even his death and resurrection, which is the most important event in human history that ties back in to the sin of Adam and Eve and gives us a chance to have, basically allows us a way out here from our sin because of that. He does this, his why, his purpose, his focus is to let God be glorified and God could not be glorified without Jesus being resurrected and he couldn't be resurrected without him dying the way he died. He had to be the perfect sacrifice first. His blood had to cover our sin first. He had to be the perfect lamb, unblemished. If we study the temple, and I'll do a tire breakdown for you on that, the temple, you will see how perfect Jesus had to be. In every aspect of that temple, Jesus fulfills it. And this is why. So God could show up and show off, as I'll use that Mark Batterson says in his book that I read. And I need to give a, I need to just here in the middle, tip my hat to Mark because listening to that on Audible helped me do this. It was part of my inspiration and listening to what he had done and, and how he had followed the Lord and listened to his story how God used him. Well, God used him there. And if he's ever listens to this, he needs to know it because guess what? He inspired me to do this podcast. God used him to inspire other people. One of them was me. I, I can pretty much guarantee you he's inspired to use Mark to inspire other people as well. I'm not the only one, but understand this. It all, whether it's Mark speaking, myself, somebody else, it's all about the glory of God. It's all about to his glory. Every aspect of your life is glorifying something. Ask yourself, what am I glorifying today? 
When I work, when I walk into my workplace, what am I glorifying? When I look at my bank account, how I'm using my money, what am I glorifying? How I speak about things, how I use my tongue, how I use my sense of smell. Matter of fact, if you go back to Psalm 115, it's funny, not to us, oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. You dive all the way back down, you start getting to verse 4, we talk about those idols, but then we also start describing some of these idols. We speak about what they don't have. They quote, have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. They have noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. They have feet, but cannot walk. <coughs> they cannot even clear their throats like I did right there. Those who make them become like them. Are you creating idols in your life? Are you? You know, my second book that I'm going to be writing is going to actually be about this. I've already written most of the material. I just got to organize it, and I will. The Lord called me to do this podcast first. But I want you to think about this. You are glorifying something. If you're glorifying God, you're living for him. You're fearing him. You cannot glorify him without fearing him. Period. It's just, it's impossible. Just, you want to follow Jesus' example? You want the primary, the, the greatest example of all time? Follow Jesus. What he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Period. He's in there. He's praying. He's basically praying without ceasing. He's fulfilled everything except that he's got to die exactly as God called him to. He doesn't want to do it, but he says, not to my, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, part of, in a way that he was saying that, not to my glory, but to your glory, O Lord, my God in heaven, my father. He was glorifying his father. He was glorifying the God in heaven. Just exactly what it says here in Psalm 115. And there's numerous, numerous passages about glorifying God, but we have to glorify God. We cannot serve him. We cannot follow him. We cannot disciple others. If we don't do it for the glory of God, I will tell you, if you're not doing it for God's glory, you're going to wear out. It, it will literally wear you out. See, working for God doesn't wear me out. I could do this all day. If this was the only responsibility I have, I could do this all day. I could wrap out. I don't know. And I can't even explain the energy I get for it. But it's because I'm glorifying God. T.S. Wright here has no has no place in this. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, God did not choose me because he wanted perfection. <laughs> I, I'm just laughing about that because, I, and I laugh about myself doing this. And I told somebody the other day, I can promise you this, God did not, if he, if he was looking for perfection, he would not have chosen me. I can guarantee that. He would have chose somebody else because there's a lot more people more perfect than I am. He would definitely not have chosen me. He chose me, I guess, because I was willing and open to him and have been for a long time. That would be the one thing that, that I have learned to do even when I haven't followed him exactly the way I should. I've always stayed open to the Lord and I can't even explain why that is. I actually think it's him. I don't think it's me. I don't think it's anything good that I've done. And I've had to learn that. And I'm expressing that to you so you can learn to embrace that now and not have to fight and struggle through that. I don't want you to fight and struggle through some of those things that I had to. It's not to us, but to your name be the glory. It's all about God's glory. Every bit of this. Fearing God is about glorifying him. It truly is. You cannot glorify God if you don't fear him. And see, if you walk back through that last episode, you get that. You'll embrace that. You'll learn to put that at the center of your heart and walk in it. You have the opportunity to do that right now. And it's really this next step. It's the why of God. It's to glorify. It's so he gets the glory. You know, I'll use Mark Batterson's term so he can show up and show off. Let him do it. He's better at this than we are anyway. I mean, let's not let's not play around here. He is simply better off better at doing this than we are. I mean, Paul in Philippians 3, he talks about they were talking about per perfection and how perfect he was. Paul says, I am perfect, and yet I consider it all loss 
garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That means his perfection doesn't even, it doesn't even deserve to be a speck of dirt that the Savior Jesus walks on. And Paul was the most perfect of all. And yet he even says, I don't even, he's basically saying, I'm nothing. I don't deserve to even be the dirt. I'm garbage. It's all nothing compared to Jesus Christ. My point is this. He was, he realized that he lost all these things so he could glorify God. God when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and changed him, it was so that Paul, he would have not only a guy that could go, and I understand why he chose Paul, it's pretty obvious, because he had the ability to work within multiple groups. He had connections. He understood all these different types of people. And yet he had the perfect, he had that perfect theological background. Now he needed the fire of the Spirit. He needed Jesus in the center of his heart. He needed to understand who Jesus was. Once he did, it was, I mean, there was no stopping it. And God used Paul, or I said Jesus, you know, Jesus used Paul, and he used him to spread the gospel, to spread his word all over the Mediterranean. And eventually, that's the reason we would get the word of God. We have the word of God because of how God used Paul. Think about that. And he did not do it for himself. He did it for the glory of God. You, you can go back and look at how much Paul suffered. It certainly was not to glorify himself. No one would suffer that much. And yet, he did. Because he was there to glorify God. That was his why. It was his why. What is your why? What is your why? You know, what is it, you know, in everything that you do, who are you glorifying when you do it? Can you stop and ask yourself that question? Who are you glorifying? When I do this, when I do such and such, it glorifies whom? That's the question. And we need to be asking that all the time. If I'm not fearing the Lord and I'm my purposes of, of doing things have something to do with whatever, and I'm not walking in fear of the Lord, that may be a pretty good sign that I'm not glorifying God because fear of the Lord should be at the heart of what you do. Think about it. And fear of the Lord is a freeing thing. It does. It frees you. It's not something that entraps you. You know, fear of the world's a different thing. When you fear the world, now that traps you. You don't want to live in guilt and shame. You need Sometimes we need a little of it, but it should be a short temporary thing to wake us up but then eventually we need to move out of that but you don't fear you don't walk out of that until you start trusting God and you give it to him and then you fear him and then you glorify him I mean think about that you have to trust him that's part of fearing the Lord that all works together and we're going to continue talking about this subject in, in these next few episodes but this fear of the Lord and this glorifying God your why is a big big deal we need to be when, sometimes we just need to stop and we need to evaluate, do some self-reflection, do some meditation with the Lord, get in his word, get in Psalm 115. And I'll tell you what, re, i tell you what, you read this passage and read Psalm 112 with it. Do that for 90 straight days. Every day, just read it and, and take your time reading it and process it and write down whatever comes to your heart. What, say, Lord, just put on your, my heart today what you want me to write. And as you're reading it, you will find that you will write things. And you'll, you'll find more and more and more. It's, it's really incredible how that'll happen. And you can do that with some of these verses that really speak on the wholeness of God and who he is and his character. We got to know who he is. We have to know who God is. We have to know his character so that we can demonstrate that character in us. Without knowing him, it's hard to walk with him. It's a relationship. Remember that. It is a relationship. Again, let's go back to this question. Why? Ask yourself that today. Why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Who am I glorifying when I do it? Just a couple of upcoming things that we want to make you aware of is that 
I will have two publications that will be coming out here towards the end of the year. One is on the seven ages of the church, and the other is the first part of the God-centered concept called ownership. Now, obviously, there's a lot more detail when we do it in writing than we even can put on the podcast, just simply because there's absolutely no way we can cover every detail like we would in a writing. So those will become available to you towards the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. Also, if you go to Amazon.com, we have our God-Centered Concept Journal that is now out. There's different sizes that you can choose from. It's Making God's Word My Ways. God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways by T.S. Wright. Be sure to pick up your copy today. Until next time. Go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.